Listen at your own discretion as the following content contains strong language, adult dialogue, discussions of violence, and spoilers. Cue the intro. Hello, fellow readers, and welcome to Three Reads in a Pod. My name's Heather. I'm Sarah. And I'm Delia. If you're interested in a trio of ladies that get together and record our book club for the masses, stick around. This episode will be discussing The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams. If you want to read along, we post the book and book bite of the month on our Instagram and Twitter, three reads in a pod. That's the number three reads in a pod. Without further ado, it's time to turn the page. Sarah, I see your mouth moving, but I hear no words. Somehow I've muted myself. You're not muted anymore. No, night. see, I don't, I didn't do anything. I promise oh. it like did it itself. The computer's I, like, I think I muted you accidentally. Thank you, Delia. I appreciate that. <laughs> I needed you. I needed to be muted. Um, anyway, but uh, let's start. So Douglas Adams uh, was an English author, screenwriter, essayist, humorist, satirist, and dramatist. He was born March 11th, 1952 in Cambridge, England. He passed on May 11th, 2001 in Montecito, California at age 49. He uh, passed due to a heart attack. His ashes were placed in Highgate Cemetery in London, England. Um, so... Douglas is the author of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which originated in 1978 as a BBC radio comedy before developing into a trilogy of five books. Yes, a trilogy of five books um, and so forth. He described himself as a radical atheist, adding radical for emphasis so that he would not be asked if he was agnostic. He found religion fascinating and it spilled over into his writing. Um, Douglas was an environmental activist who campaigned on behalf of endangered species. In 1994, he participated in a climb of Mount Kilimanjaro while wearing a rhino suit for the British charity organization Save the Rhino International. Uh, Wait, Douglas, I'm sorry. Do you say a rhino suit? Yep, a rhino suit. Yes. Okay, just check it. <laughs> that is correct. I know. Um, Douglas had one daughter in 1994. Her name was Polly Jane Rocket Adams. And listen, I thought her name was so badass. Polly Jane Rocket. Can you I imagine? Mean, that's a great name. And right? how is that more interesting than the fact he climbed Mount Kilimanjaro in a rhino suit? You know, I don't know. Well, there are at least competing facts, right? For oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, some more fun facts. On May 25th, 2001, two weeks after Adam's death, his fans organized a tribute known as Towel Day, which has been observed every year since then. Uh, Adams played the guitar left-handed and had a collection of 24 left-handed guitars when he died. He was six feet, five inches. Uh, worked on both Monty Python and Doctor Who um, as a writer. So those are mainly the interesting facts you're going to get out of him. Um, there's probably more, but, you know, just wanted to say that's Douglas Adams. Now, anybody have anything to say about that? I just made the connection to Doctor Who. I was like, this name sounds so familiar. I And then... Oh. I'm okay. And I said it. Absolutely. Good job. <laughs> He's a man. He's a man of many uh, talents. Uh, yeah. I'll also say, I kept describing to people when I would tell them about this book, I'm like, it feels like Monty Python. It's a very similar humor. Right. So he was a writer on that too. I was like, yep, yeah, well, par for the course. So, 
Yeah, I think that's one of the, uh, obviously, I don't know, I didn't do a ton of research, but that's one of the uh, skits that he showed up in um, from, like, very first skits is, like, a a Python skit. Uh, I forget what it was, though. I'm going to have to look into it, but, yeah. He's a pretty consistent person. Also, you said Adam's death. I was like, wait, Adam's? Because your husband's name is Adam's. Oh, sorry. I felt that way, too. I was like, oh, God, Adam's death. (laughs) He was just just here, I swear. Yeah, he kept standing behind me like Michael Myers, and he went moo. And I was like, Adam, you can't stand there like a serial killer. You're going to have to leave, okay? And he's like, what about now? And he would move behind me. I'm like, no, it's it's more creepy. I'm like, you're going to have to go. The farther away you get, the creepier it gets, okay? Yeah, I kept looking. I'm like, I promise. And I'm not going anywhere. Um, so as for the book, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Arthur Dent awakes one day to find a demolition crew outside his house preparing to bulldoze it down to make way for a new bypass. He throws himself down in front of the bulldozer to try to stop the demolition. Shortly after, his friend Ford Prefect arrives, suggests he has something very important to tell Arthur, and convinces him to leave his desperate protest and get a drink. Ford is secretly from a small planet near Beetlejuice and works as a researcher for the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, a quirky galactic repository of knowledge. Also, quickly, just want to say I'm getting all of this from Sparknotes and all of the other details were found from Wikipedia. All right. So, uh, Ford has discovered that a Vogon constructor fleet is heading toward Earth to destroy it to make way for a galactic bypass. The fleet arrives, causing mass chaos on Earth. Its leader, Prosser, Prosthetic, prosthetic jelts, prosthetic, announces that Earth has been scheduled for demolition and unceremoniously destroys it. Ford manages to hitch a ride for himself and Arthur on Jelts' starship, where Arthur learns about Ford's true origins, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and the usefulness of towels. A search party soon arrives and takes Ford and Arthur to Jelts, who doesn't like hitchhikers. Jelts delights in watching Ford and Arthur suffer while he reads them his poetry and forces them to critique it. Ford and Arthur critique. Ford and Arthur's critiques disappoint Jelts, and he orders them to be thrown out an airlock. Ford and Arthur are, against the odds, picked up by a starship called the Heart of Gold, a second before they suffocate in the vacuum of space. The two-headed, three-armed, impetuous Zaphoid Beetlebrox um, became galactic president to steal the Heart of Gold and its unique infinite improbability drive, a propulsion system that allows the starship to travel through all points in the galaxy in less than a second. Zaphoid is accompanied by Trillian, a young woman from Earth whom Arthur once tried to pick up at a party. The Heart of Gold is equipped with a depressed robot named Marvin, uh, who's quite possibly one of my favorites, bless his little heart, and controlled by a cheerful computer named Eddie. (laughs) The starship's drives creates a wake of improbability when it is activated, and for this reason, the Heart of Gold picked up Ford and Arthur on its own. Ford and Arthur awake on board the starship and experience several impossibly strange events. When normality is reestablished, Zaphoid sends Marvin to bring Ford and Arthur to the bridge, where Zaphoid and Ford recognize each other. The two are semi-cousins and close friends. Arthur recognizes Zaphoid as Phil, the man who spirited Trisha McMillian, now known as Trillian, away from him at a party six months earlier. The infinite improbability drive brings the crew to Magrithia. Yes? Did we say that's how you say it? Magrithia? 
Magrathia, a legendary planet that once uh, had once designed custom planets for the galaxy's wealthiest inhabitants. The starship begins to descend to the planet's surface, which triggers the planetary defense system, launching two nuclear missiles at the heart of gold. Despite taking evasive action, the starship cannot outrun the missiles. At the last second, Arthur turns on the infinite improbability drive in the hope of avoiding certain death, and the missiles turn into a bowl of petunias and a sperm whale. Which, <laughs> that poor little sperm whale. Anyway, the heart of gold lands on Magrathia, Jesus Christ, Magrathia, where Zaphoid discovers an entrance into Magrathia's interior. Leaving Arthur and Marvin to stand guard, Zaphoid, Trillian, and Ford search the tunnels where Zaphoid explains that he discovered that, uh, that he tampered with his own memories to prevent himself from realizing why he wanted to find Magrathia. A door suddenly slams open, trapping the group. The tunnel fills with gas and Zaphoid, Ford, and Trillian pass out. While standing guard, Arthur encounters, is it Slarty Barkfist? Slarty, Slarty, I keep calling him Slarty. Slarty Barkfist. Okay. All right. So I'm going to call him Slarty for the sake of fun. Um, a Magrathian. The two travel in an air car to Slarty's office where he reveals that Earth was an organic supercomputer designed by pan-dimensional race, by a pan-dimensional race and built by the Magrathians. Magratha, Magrathians! Jesus, Sarah. Millions of years ago, an alien race created a supercomputer named Deep Thought, which was given the single purpose of figuring out the answer to the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything. At the end of its seven and a half million year program, Deep Thought reveals that the answer is 42. Sensing the disappointment from this answer, Deep Thought builds an organic computer to discover the true ultimate question, which will hopefully make sense of the answer. This new organic computer was Earth, but it was destroyed by the Vogons mere minutes before it completed its 10 million year task. Slarty continues to build, or sorry, it continues to explain that Magrathia, 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 Jesus, guys, I'm going to get it. I apologize to everyone I've ever known. Um, to explain that why are you following Margaret Magrathia? Yeah, who wrote it is that he can't be offended. You're fine. Thank you. I think he would appreciate my inability to announce anything. If, and if the fans have issues, then he'd probably appreciate again your ability. That's right. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so Slardy continues to explain that Magrathia has been awakened. Yes, has been awakened to build a second Earth, Earth Mark II, and that the pan-dimensional beings who commissioned the creation of the original Earth manifest in Arthur's dimension as mice. Upon awakening, Zaphoid recalls a missing memory. He explains that Yudin Vranks, the galactic president before Zaphoid, suggested that Zaphoid become galactic president and steal the heart of gold. Zaphoid, Ford, and Trillian are then taken to meet the mice, where they will soon reunite with Arthur. Frankie Mouse and Benji Mouse explain to Arthur that the question they have waited 10 million years for may reside in his brain, and they offer to buy it from him. Arthur refuses, and Frankie and Benji try to take the answer by force as alarms sound and chaos ensues. Barely escaping from the mice, Arthur, Ford, Trillian, and Zephoid search for a way out of Magrathia. Meanwhile, Frankie and Benji come up with a plausible lie to sell to the rest of their pan-dimensional species after Zaphoid stole the heart of gold to Blagulin Kappa police officers. Mm, Blagulin? Blagulin. Kappa police officers track him to Magrathia and enter the planet's interior, attempting to apprehend him. The officers corner Zaphoid 
Ord, Arthur, and Trillian in a computer room and shoot at them. Suddenly, both officers drop dead. Their life support systems inexplicably exploded. Zaphoid, Ford, Arthur, and Trillian make it back to the Heart of Gold, and Marvin, who's been lying on the ground, depressed. The group boards the starship, leaves Magrathea, and heads to the restaurant at the end of the universe to get something to eat. Um, and yes, little Marvin didn't Marvin. He plugged himself into the little ship and tried to explain his thoughts on the universe and the ship uh, committed suicide. The, the ship killed themselves itself. The ship, the ship died. So that's that. <laughs> Let's discuss. First impressions, right? Mm, can't say Magrathia worth a damn. You did just okay. fine the last two times. And that, and that. Yeah, time. that time was like super smooth. Thank you, Magrathia. It's it's because I I heard where I did audio I heard it and you know and I didn't say it like I didn't see it and I didn't anyway so you like I don't know how to tell you this that that makes absolutely no sense thank you (laughs) You like I heard it so I can't hear it I can't repeat what I heard I heard it but here's the thing about about this particular book is that theme of like absurdity is very much present throughout the whole thing. I found myself being like, first of all, this book had a lot of laughs for me. I I listened to the last two, I mean, it's only five hours, but I listened to the last two hours of it going to and from a friend's house with my husband in the car. And he was like, this is funny. <laughs> like he, he enjoyed it too. No, um, great. So that was like my first impression is that it's it's completely absurd and, and quite quite funny. Absolutely. Heather? Uh, yeah, I'll say the same thing. I did not know there was so much humor in this book. I've heard about this book for a long time. The first time I ever heard a reference to this book that I can remember, it was actually Mr. Crumb, who I am so sad that I didn't have an adult relationship with because I didn't know what a nerd this guy was. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like, to, like yeah. this book is adored by nerds. And uh, looking back on some of the things that he has said, and I just think about him so... Yes, I am so excited that we read it. The humor is really great, and I'm glad I had a lot of it. And it gave me a really fond memory of a teacher I really love. So it was a bittersweet memory. Yeah. It is. My goodness. You know, I think about him, which I don't mean to get off on a just a quick little, uh, quick little uh, nod in his memory. I think about him often, and I agree. I think that he would really appreciate the fact that we're doing this and that we can appreciate how much of a nerd that he was. <laughs> that he truly was. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. I think we would have been homies. He had tattoos and was, I don't know, was a big nerdy guy, you know? Yeah, I think that, I mean, he read Twilight, didn't he? We had conversations about Twilight. We did. We did. I mean, like, don't get us wrong. We did have these conversations. He also, like, taught us and stuff, too. I don't want the listeners to think that he was a bad teacher because he was off topic. Uh, He was wonderful. He just, you know, I I agree. I would have loved to have a a relationship with him as as a fully grown adult. Right. Like, yes, absolutely. I had a semi one with him when I worked with him at uh, Southfield for a little yeah, bit. Um, yep. Right before he passed. And I did a summer program with him and he made some derby pie without the bourbon because, you know, he, he couldn't was a baker. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Was his, his cakes and everything were amazing. They were, oh they were like week long projects. Yeah. They were. My gosh. Anyway, so that he was a wonderful man. I really hate it. Uh, I still think about him. I hate that he passed. It breaks my heart. Yeah. Um, 
So for this book, Adam read it a while ago while we were, I mean, like years ago when we first began dating and he told me about it and I thought, cool, I'll get around to reading it one day. But, you know, sci-fi is not usually my forte. Um, Then he's like, no, Sarah, you don't understand. And he would explain some of the absurdities to me. And at the time I didn't understand. I'm like a towel. A sperm whale? I'm like, what? <laughs> what are we talking about? So, yes, I agree. I loved the humor. I love that essentially all of it is to is just a satire that really nothing makes sense. We take everything essentially too seriously. There's no real meaning behind any of it. Like, it's just, it was, I love that. And, uh, yeah, it kept me laughing. So, I really, I really liked it. I liked it a lot more than I thought. Even because at first... Sometimes the words, I'm like, man, I'm going to get confused. I'm like, what What does this mean? Oh, the names. Yeah, the names are hefty. Yeah, they yes. Are. As soon as they started like Zaphoy Beeblebrox, I'm like, going to forget him immediately. <laughs> like Zaphoy. Sure and then he just shows up again. You're like, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. <laughs> there he is. Yeah, he's, he's there with Trillian. I'm like, oh. I don't remember. He's trying to be president of the universe, right? Yeah. yeah. And the fact that they had all met Arthur Dent at some point. <laughs> oh, my God. Star. How? He's like, that's Phil. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> you never met him? He's like, yeah, he was Phil. And he only had one head and he had two arms. <laughs> okay. I, I really do love that. I just also, Ford was like, I was stuck on the planet for 15 years. My cousin was at a party with this guy six months ago. You couldn't have picked my ass up? Like, are you serious right now? Right. You know? He's like, well, well I didn't know you were there. Hot, earthian <laughs> chick, I guess. That's so funny. I know. And the fact that she just goes and then they take her name, Trisha McMillian, and now she's Trillian. I'm just like, okay, cool. That's her. And she takes her mice with her, which end up being Benji and Frankie. My goodness. The idea that mice are the smartest things on the planet. And and dolphins. And humans are third. And I like that dolphins were like, thanks for all the fish. Peace out. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) That's literally all they said. There's like, well, uh, thanks for all this fish. Farewell. Thanks for all the fish. (laughs) And it's it's so funny. Yeah. Adam made me guess. He's like, what do you think are the two most intelligent species above earthlings? And I was like thinking, I'm like octopus. I'm thinking like, you know. Oh, squids and octopi are very I'm like, they have to be. Like, Yeah. Uh, right. And then he's like, you're getting there. You're getting there. And I kept going. I'm like, okay. Like I, I just, I, I was like, I'm just going to find out. And then, you know, the fact that the dolphins left earth and it's like, farewell. <laughs> so, yeah. Also and the parallels then, between the, like the blowing up of earth and them trying to demolish Arthur's house. I was dying. He mm-hmm. was like trying to get out of getting his home destroyed. Only to fall right into his entire planet getting destroyed. Right. Also, that lady at the beginning, the waitress that runs out of the restaurant and is like, I have the answer to like, like, I, I have the why, why we're doing all of this stuff. And then she just blows up. <laughs> yes. I forgot about her. I love it. And, and they were like. You didn't file the paperwork. You didn't see the, you, you should have filed paperwork to stop it. And he was like, I didn't even see the paperwork. They're like, sure, it was on display. Where was it on display at? In the basement. And then the Bogons came in and said the exact same thing. And the mice were like, listen, we built, we paid for this planet to happen. Which can I just say, when they're talking to the uh, Megrathians, is that what? 
that that was hilarious because they were like oh yeah we put the dinosaur bones in uh that's what we're rebuilding the earth we put the dinosaur bones in uh we're we're doing the coastlines and stuff here soon and i'm just like you put artificial dinosaur bones in the earth (laughs) (laughs) okay uh, I know. I love it because they said their experiment was only going on for 10 million years, and which, I mean, is a lot. But, you yeah. know, here we are, and we're like, the Earth is 4 billion years old, and dinosaurs were here like 65 million years ago, right? Surprise, not really. Uh, <laughs> oh, thank A creationist theory, huh? Right? And some of those right? people are like, no, nah, nothing happened before 6,000 years ago. Oh, my goodness, Right. And there's like a creationist museum, which I want to take my grandpa to just because of like the uh, biblical idea behind it. But uh, did you guys ever uh, listen to the debate between the creationist guy and Bill Nye? Yes. I Uh, I did. Ken Ken Ham? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. It was uh, it was actually a pretty it was a pretty decent it was it was a better debate than I thought. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, but yes, that's that's essentially what it seems like and then you get arthur when he meets salarty and he's like so you created earth and sorry like yeah and then he I talks the about the lines. fjords yeah yeah he's like yeah I, he here loves here. I, got, I got i got an award for these <laughs> that's so sweet too and they're like, hey, uh, the mice are like, hey, we don't need Earth 2 anymore. We're not doing that. And he's like, but I've got all of these glaciers. He's like, what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> fjords, these fjords. Fjords. He's like, Africa was going to be nothing but fjords. Oh, God. <laughs> Everyone loves a good fjord. Oh, oh God. goodness. <laughs> I, I, Loki, go ahead. No, I was just going to go on about the mice trying to steal O-Boy's brain, but you can go ahead. Well... <laughs> so my lo- like low key one of my favorite things about the whole book is right at the beginning it's the gentleman that is trying to get Arthur Dent out of his house so they can demolish it uh-huh. and it mentioned that he's a long lost descendant of Genghis Khan yeah. <laughs> every time he was frustrated he had these visions of like riding horseback and burning down villages <laughs> <laughs> it was so good Oh God, that was that was really funny. And then uh, when Arthur came in, and he, it's like, okay, why don't you lay here, um, and I'm going to take him to the pub, <laughs> and then we'll be back, and we'll just switch out. Yeah, <laughs> like, we're just gonna switch. that's what's going to happen anyway. So you might as well just like tag you yeah, in. Might as well just yeah. Right. No idea. <laughs> Absolutely. I was going to blow up here in two point five. <laughs> Arthur seems like a crazy dude. You know, Arthur was. I, mean, I not appreciate Arthur. But, uh, Arthur uh, uh, Arthur on such a fantastic level because there's been a couple times when he was like, should I just lose my mind right now? Like, should I, would it just be easier if I did that? And I was like, dude, hard same. If I were in your situation, I don't know that I'd have any sanity left. I'm like, what the hell is an improbability right? drive? Why right. for the penguin? Why? I, don't <laughs> I just want some tea. <laughs> Like his, his, what was it? His limbs were coming apart, and he looks over and he's like, Ford, you are a penguin. Stop and that. Being <laughs> a penguin. Stop being a penguin. And my favorite, one of my favorite parts is when they're talking about who can um, work the computer. And they're like, Well, I can't, I can't, I can't. No one asks Arthur, and Arthur's like, Well, I can't either. And they're like, Yeah, we, know. we, we fucking know. Isn't he the one that's <laughs> like, Fuck, we're going to die. Let me hit this button. He's the one that saves yeah. everybody. It's like, fuck it. I might as well just hit this button if we're going to die anyway. Might as well see what happens. 
Yeah, they're and like that Arthur. Firm well Oh, it had like uh, that momentary, like, you know, it's like, hey, what am I doing here? Huh? You know, it's like, what's this sound? Rushing pat. What's this thing coming at me? Huh? And then it, pew. Yep. <laughs> just blows up. Like, I love that entire, and then the petunias, my goodness. The sperm part is David, our DN's favorite part. He told me that. <laughs> he's like that sperm whale part, man. Oh, or the, sperm whale part, Is he a sperm yeah. whale or just a whale? I, I don't think he's a sperm whale. But... Yeah. <laughs> he is a sperm That and the fact that he said he carried a towel for years after this. I, you know what? <laughs> I think the towel thing makes sense. It really does. I mean, it does. If you're a hitchhiker, towel. you got to be able to get warm, you know? It's a good blanket. Dry thing. I it's a good use blanket. It, like, when I, I remember being on the beach as a kid and be like, I'm cold because the air is cold, but I'm wet. So, like, my mom yeah. would just cover me up with towels and be like, here you go. Shit works. Right. Multi-purpose. Or, like, if... You take a nap on the freshly uh, dried towels that you have yet to fold. Super cozy. It's uh, warm. Have you guys have done that? Super. Yeah. I mean, like towels are just great to have. I agree. They can be blankets. They can be towels. They can be pillows. He said that you I can mean, use them as like a okay. <laughs> he said you could use them as like for breathing. You know, like you get it wet and you wrap it around your. It's still like a ventilation system. When he was naming all uh-huh. the reasons why you keep a towel with you. And then at one point he was like, it's the stupid, like you can hide yourself from this creature, cover your face because it's the stupidest creature on the planet. It thinks that if, if it can't see, if you can't see it, then it can't see you. (laughs) I was like, wait, hold on. So if I cover my eyes, then because I can't see it, it thinks that it cannot see me. Yeah, essentially, we call it a human baby. Okay, that's the creature. <laughs> like, like object permanence. <laughs> yes. Yep. Oh, they're gone. Dag nabbit. They were just here. Uh, oh, they're back. What happened to them? <laughs> they keep saying peekaboo. That's weird. <laughs> oh, gosh. Imagine how creeped out babies have to be to that, too. But anyway, but I mean, they love it, obviously. But at the same time, it's kind of like, hmm. It's like, where'd you go? Oh, hey, my favorite person's back. That's weird. <laughs> Where did you go? You crazy. <laughs> you disappear so easy. Oh, God. Really enjoyed the humor in the book. I'm trying to think of some more. I had some I had some things written down that I wanted to say, but I completely lost them. So, I mean, I pulled up some of my favorite quotes. So one of them was the whole, I, you know what, Arthur, Arthur I don't know why I keep trying to say author. Like it's the author of the book. I mean Arthur. But Arthur was like, um, you know, something's missing. I wonder what it is. Hey, where is the tea? And then it was like, the ship gives this thing that tastes nothing like tea, but is like as close as tea as it's going to get. But they call it tea. I don't remember the description, though. It had me rolling. I was like trying to make dinner. I had to stop doing what I was doing. I'm like, I'm going to cut my hand off. I need to, like, I can't even focus. <laughs> <laughs> I was like cackling so hard. I'm sure my husband thought yes. I was a witch. <laughs> Well, I mean, you are, but it's okay. I mean, we true. I'm a kitchen witch. That's, That's right. right. Um, a witching, if you will. There, <laughs> uh, there is a point where I think at Zaphoid they were talking, and the um, Benji and Frankie want to take, of course, the brain of Arthur. Oh God! And yeah. they wanted. They're like, yeah, we can give him an artificial brain, and Zaphoid's like, yeah, I'll just program it to say, uh, I don't know uh, what's happening, <laughs> and. Uh, uh, where's the tea or something like that and it's like and that's all you need and then Arthur's like what's happening and he's like see, <laughs> like, see? 
yeah, that part was funny too. Also, Marvin. I have okay, so oh, I Marvin. haven't seen the movie, and I sincerely want to, mostly because I really, really love the guy who plays Arthur uh, Martin Freeman, and I and then Alan Rickman is the voice of Mr. Marvin, if I'm not mistaken. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's really cool. Was. Yeah. So I, I anyway, but Marvin cracked me up because he was just like, "Oh, these stupid doors. They're just so like, they're so peppy. The doors." <laughs> <laughs> the way they open they're just so like, they're, uh, something about them just being like uppity or something i can't remember but i was they're like cheerful they're cheerful <laughs> i was like okay bro i don't know why but that just made me laugh that is so funny oh god or when they talk about the like the thing with god he's like because you it, god proved himself that he didn't exist because he created that this <laughs> Fuck, I'm going to find it because that was really fun. I I know that it's somewhere. I like this one quote. It says that many were increasingly of the opinion that they'd all made a big mistake in coming down from the trees in the first place. And some said that even the trees had been a bad move and that no one should have ever left the oceans. And I'm pretty sure it was talking about us uh, evolving throughout time. And I thought that was hilarious. I'm like, yeah. I say that on a a basis, a a a pretty frequent basis of the fact that... um, I think I would have rather just stayed where I was. Like, even <laughs> kind, man. It's wild. It is. It is. It is bananas. There's so many funny ones here. Let Dude, me so many zingers in this book. There were like, so many. There's like one line, one-liners that were so funny. Yes. He, like. Oh, like. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just, like, there's a theory which states that if, if ever anyone discovers exactly what the universe is for and why it is here, it will instantly disappear and be replaced by something even more bizarre and inexplicable. There's another theory which states that this is this has already happened. <laughs> it's just like yes, which is probably this whole thing. Yeah, the fact that uh, in the Hitchhiker's Guide, when when Ford goes in and he makes the entry for Earth, it's like mostly harmless, and then his editor's like, "Ah, oh, we got to cut it down." Harmless, so Earth harmless, <laughs> and then and Arthur's like mostly harmless. <laughs> what? <laughs> And he's like, ah, oh, yeah, I gotta fix that. Harmless. <laughs> <laughs> and then the thing, one of the things that he was most upset about is no McDonald's. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Such an earthly, earthly thing to do, okay? <laughs> Such a, yes, like a human being thing. Like, man, there's no McDonald's. He's like, there's no, n- n- my favorite restaurant's gone, favorite pub's gone, no McDonald's. <laughs> That's all he could be upset about at the moment. <laughs> no McDonald's. <laughs> you know, it's the little oh. things. That's right. Oh. So, or like okay this one this quote was funny too because you know said arthur it's times it's at times like this when i'm trapped in a vogon airlock with a man from beetlejuice and about to die of asphyxiation words are hard today in deep space that i really wish i'd listened to what my mother told me when i was young what did she why what did she tell you i don't know i didn't listen <laughs> <laughs> oh oh that's so funny so was there not – I'm trying to remember the exact scenario because it's been a little bit. Um, it started telling this crazy story from, like, a different planet and these people that went to war and then something small that they did. Is that how the policemen – the two – not policemen, sorry. The two, um, like, guard people died? No, the two guard people died because no. Marvin plugged himself into their computer. Yes, that's And depressed right. that's the right. machine – 
and it stopped working and so their life support stopped working and so they stopped working (laughs) as people yes but the the war thing was i'm trying to remember how that was related uh because arthur had said uh what what did he say something about uh needing to change his lifestyle he needs a change of lifestyle yes and And they found that to be very offensive through space yes went to them they found it it's the most offensive thing you could say in their language so So it's not fighting with each other they stopped fighting each other because they were fighting each other and then that happened at least my understanding again it's been a minute for me too and then they stopped fighting each other to try and figure out who the hell said that to them collectively and they tracked it back to <laughs> earth but when they got to earth they had miscalculated uh, how like the uh the size of everything so they were so tiny that a dog ate them yes <laughs> that's what it was <laughs> oh my god oh god I know it's so bizarre the things that they say and they do like some of these scenarios and how they come back um, can we talk about how, how absurd sorry i i'm sorry can we talk no, about how completely absurd it is that this deep thought computer is the second most brilliant machine the first being the earth can we talk about how, like there are so many stupid people on this planet not not i mean not everybody I, and i know that you know stupid is relative but i mean for the most part let's be honest here like my 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 friend today was in she works in customer service and she was saying that she has said, I, I want to, I'm, I'm trying to dye my yarn. And my friend goes, because she works at like a fibrous thing. And she goes, well, here's the yarn. There, this is the dye that you need to, to dye your yarn. And, and then the person goes, but will this dye my yarn? And she goes, yes. And here are the instruction, instructions. And then a couple minutes later, the person goes, are there any instructions? And she goes, I just sent you a link. I don't understand. Like, <laughs> yeah, not listening. And that's just Ooh. one. She she has one at least at least once a day. She sends us a customer service story of somebody being completely dumb. So anyway, there are an incredible amount of people. Like uh, we had one uh, one of my coworkers today uh, was trying to give someone their lab results, mm-hmm. and then we couldn't re- we could not reach the clinical staff. So we're like, okay, we we can't reach them, but we'll have them give you a call back. And then they were like, okay, can't you just transfer me to them so I can talk to them? Okay, we can't reach them because if I can't there. reach them, you can't reach them. You, you're not going to reach them. Like <laughs> yeah. I can't just magically transfer you to someone who literally can't answer because I could not get them. You're not going to get them. Um, or many of the patients bless their hearts. I'm like, yeah, you know, your appointment's at 8 p.m. or 8 a.m. and they're like, 8 p.m. And I'm like, no, 8 a.m. We're not open at 8 p.m. 11:30. They're like, a.m. And I'm like, yes, a.m. Not p.m. Yep. No p.m. Good job. <laughs> Daytime. Oh, Daytime. I love a midnight clinic. Oh my gosh, that that would be the best for like working people for sure. That yeah. would be amazing. I would go there frequently. So, um, but yeah, there is a quote that oh, sorry, no, that I wanted to talk about for turn pertaining to Earth because I was the same way. Once you find out the Earth is the smartest, because deep thoughts like I'm the second smartest. So they go through and they're like, okay, which of these other computers can be smarter? And he's like, shit. None of them. He's like, okay, the only one that's going to be smarter than me is the one that comes after. It's the one I build and myself. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to build it. And, and so, he knew it up front. 
So that was funny. And then uh, there's this quote, though, it says this planet and it's talking about Earth. This planet has or rather had a problem, which was this. Most of the people living on it were unhappy for pretty much of the time. Many solutions were suggested for this problem, but most of these were largely concerned with the movement of small green pieces of paper, which was odd because on the whole, it wasn't the small green pieces of paper that were unhappy. <laughs> yes. Uh, so that 10 million years and this was supposed to be the supercomputer. Yeah. Like we were supposed to figure it out. We had out. No, we still don't have anything figured out. Same. Yeah, we same. We, we still don't have anything figured out on Earth as far as that goes. Sarah, did you find no, the the God all. quote? I did. So I want to read that. It it says now it is such a bizarrely improbable coincidence that anything so mind-bogglingly useful could have evolved purely by chance that some thinkers have chosen to see it as the final and clinching proof of the non-existence of God. The argument goes something like this. I refuse to prove that I exist, says God, for proof denies faith, and without faith I am nothing. But, says man, the babblefish is a dead giveaway, isn't it? It could not have evolved by chance. It proves you exist, and so therefore, by your own arguments, you don't. Uh, QED? QED, yeah. Uh, it says oh dear says god i hadn't thought of that and promptly vanishes in a puff of logic <laughs> oh that was easy says man and for an encore goes on to prove that black is white and gets himself killed on the next zebra crossing <laughs> that's so good i know right? i hadn't thought of that <laughs> like, oh my gosh <laughs> it's just it's just brilliant that cracks me up it's just such a it's just such an absurd book and i get it and i know why i mean like they the so it feels like there's nothing, nothing really makes sense. You sort of start to make sense as you go along because mm-hmm. at first you're like, what the fuck? He's from Beetlejuice. Where is that? What is happening? I don't understand. I'm so confused. Why does this man have a towel? I, 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 I don't. And then, but it's because like, we're supposed to be Arthur. It, we are like, this whole book is written in such a way that it doesn't make a whole lot of sense sometimes so that we can feel exactly how Arthur feels, you know? Yeah, like Arthur, you know, gets his friend Ford who has already, like, I guess he's had odd thoughts about Ford because he he's, he looks human, but there's just something peculiar he's about him, right? And so then you get you get him to take you to the pub on a Thursday, and he never could get the hang of Thursdays, okay? Never could get the hang of Thursdays. So he goes yeah. in there, and he's drinking, and, uh, and, and, you know, your friend is plying you with alcohol. Your friend of, like, 15 years is just giving you all this alcohol. He's like, you're going to need this. Please drink. Drink as much as you can. Mm-hmm. And poor little Arthur's like, but my house, man. <laughs> but my house. Perfect and reason then, to drink. Just do it. Yeah, and then Ford's like, you ain't got to worry about your house, bro. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the whole planet's going <laughs> up in a puff like of smoke here minutes. in a second. You know, yeah. And I love how he tells them, and they all seem like, uh, dis- you know, in disbelief. And then after a while, they're all like, whoa, we think this man's telling the truth. Like, we're about to get attacked by aliens. Mm-hmm. That's, you know. And so then it does happen, uh-huh. you know. You're here, you're in this ship, and then your friend's getting you killed, essentially. Like, he literally took you from a place where you were going to die to a place where you are also more, you yes, know, going to die. Because getting and... shot out into space like that, I mean, you can't just hold your breath in the vacuum of space and, like, be... Like, I mean, I'm not a scientist. I don't know. But I'm pretty sure that's not how that works. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's freezing fucking cold in space, Correct. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can just turn into a little icicle. So you're going to freeze to death, and it's, and it's, it just seems like. It's asphyxiate? Yeah. 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 You, it, there's a lot going on. Um, and I love the fact that it's like, so the Vogons, yeah, they themselves, they don't like hitchhikers, but the people they employ. <laughs> they do. like to aggravate the Vogons. Mm-hmm. So or they, they like them. Don't let a Vogon Oh, my God. The, <laughs> and then they are they getting a good job? It's like, hey. Hey, he's like, so this uh, has themes and metaphors. I really and like, And he's going you know. for it. And then I, whatever he said just totally fucked him up. Yeah. Oh, God. God. It was so funny. Oh, love it. And then, so then essentially you get picked up by the imp- the most improbable ship yes. of all time. How beautiful is that? With your dear friend, Eddie, the just super, I super, super love that computer. I know, me too. It's like, okay, <laughs> sure, whatever you say. Personality. <laughs> yes. Because uh, he's like, I found that there's a separate personality. He's like, so we're using it. And he was a little bit more, he was still chipper, but a little, you know, more calm. Yeah. And then you've got Marvin, who's just so, I mean, it's just such <sighs> a perfect a perfect like cast of characters because at first I didn't think I was gonna like Zafoy Beeblebrox. You know? I mean, I don't like I'm him. Like, I, he yeah. comes around. He comes right. around though. I still don't he's like him. Very, I, think, I, he, I think he's a dick. He's not. But I think that I mean, I don't hate him, but he's not my favorite character. Right. I like though the I guess the twist that it's like, hey, I wanted to become president for a reason, and that reason is I blocked it off in my head by myself. You know, because <laughs> mm-hmm. he's like, hey. Uh, the only person who's smart enough to do this to the smart person is me. Yeah. And, like, he had to put his own initials in there. He's like, ZB. Yes. Well, <laughs> back ZB, to, he was name? really, so he's very full of himself, I think is what really kind of so takes much. me off. Right? He's like, arrogant. oh, yeah, I got this. It's all me. And Trillion's over here like, the whole reason we're flying the ship is because I'm sitting right next to you, you bobblehead. Shut up. Right? Yep. But. Oh, God. And, uh, and listen, that she, I, I wanted more moments with Trillian. Me too. I think I, I could have I enjoyed had Trillian. Some, yeah, mm-hmm. I think I would have liked some more moments with her. Um, Maybe she shows she up seems, in the rest of the trilogy. Yeah, the tri- I'm telling you, I still don't understand what it's called, but I'm sure enough it's called Trilogy for the next five books. They have to explain it somehow in those five books. I'm I don't sure. Know. I'm sure. Um, but I mean, yeah. I also like, so there's a little bit of like commentary on. The people that want to be president shouldn't be president. Like, isn't that a, that's a quote somewhere in the book. Uh, Oh, I can't remember. I remember him talking about how he was, they were ticking off all the things he, like untrustworthiness was one of the things that he had. He was untrustworthy and that made him a good president. uh And (laughs) I thought that was really neat, but I can't remember exactly. I'll look here in some of these quotes and see. Oh, I found it. it. I said anyone who is capable of getting themselves made president should on no account be allowed to do the job. (laughs) (laughs) So that's it. Yeah, I. So it. It's, it's I don't did they explain why he needed the heart of gold though like the president tells him he needs to take it like the old president is like hey you need to become president and take the heart of gold and then he does that to his brain and then he, it, he was he, looking for that lost planet that's it that's he was it, looking for it planet. for uh Magrathia. Yeah. yeah and why were they looking for it because they're like nobody's ever found it before and if we can find it we can like I don't know be famous 
It's like you're president <laughs> of the universe. Famous. I think you're pretty famous, bro. I could be wrong. Yeah, I wasn't I expecting sure. the action at the end. Like to put that with the comedy, the absurd comedy, mm-hmm. just mixing it, and then the fact that Marvin is the one who essentially saves their lives with his depression. <laughs> okay like you know we look at depression uh you know and and when it it obviously can lead to someone taking their own life and then marvin's like no let let them take their lives he's like i'm here yeah and i will show them my yeah have a debate oh no he was like i I, no i can't do this with you you're too much not now you're too depressed for me Oh god, it's so funny. I also like okay, so did anybody understand the science behind the improbability drive? Not at Okay, all. good. Just making sure I wasn't alone cuz I was like, what the mm-hmm. fuck is even happening right now? What do you mean it's an improbability drive? How does that power a ship? I don't understand. <laughs> I, I think didn't it's understand at all points any of at the that. same time, but if it is, I'm like, how do you get to one I'm how do you pick? I don't understand. Where do you uh-huh. land? And the confusion. Exactly. How do, how does it work? And then, oh gosh. So, there's that, but. Oh, and the mice. Can we talk about how, like, I don't know. They weren't very nice. No. Those mice. Well, I mean, they, they nice created, a, they paid for a whole planet as a supercomputer <laughs> to figure out the question to life, the universe, and everything. Like, right. sometimes people get too big for their britches. Obviously, we're all looking for meaning in life, but damn, son, you built a computer. Right? And that they have With- to, what was it? They had to come up to a question mm-hmm. that adequately Answers. had the answer 42. Yeah. And so, when they were asking which, Deep Thought was like, the answer is 42. He's like, you're not going like like to like it. You're not going to like it. Yep, he said it. You're not going to like it. And they're like, 42, you're sure? And he's like, yeah, I've, I've ran through it multiple times. He's like, I've come to the same conclusion as 42. Mm-hmm. Um, let's do another computer. We'll find out. Yeah. And then and it's, it's like, like. You don't um, know what the, you personally don't know what the answer to the universe is. And you expect this computer that you built, you built it to have the answer or the question right. or whatever. I don't understand that. That's like, I, I also, I mean, I have a lot of beef with intelligence um, tests for that reason, you know? Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes, I've talked about that mm-hmm. multiple times yeah. with, with people. I think you've I mentioned it. it on the podcast before. Oh, probably. It's, it's so stupid. Mm-hmm. And then with this, essentially, like you said, you have Deep Thought, who's incredibly smart, creating a commuter that's going to be smarter than him, but he's the creator. But at the same time, if you think about it, like, don't we wish the same for, like, our children? If we have children, we want them to be just as smart as us, and we give them all the information we have. That's but true. But we don't – but you're not programming them, obviously, right. in a way to Well, and it also life. depends. So, I mean, I, so I've been doing a lot of uh, studying for my licensure exam, and so one of the transgenerational theorists, Bowen, has the idea that um, an undifferentiated – like, you're never more differentiated as far as, like, rational thinking – less emotionally reactive than the generation before you so like you can never be obviously without therapy or help or anything you can never be more differentiated than the than the generation before you so you can never be more rational than the generation before you you be more emotionally reactive and I just think that's really interesting because the idea that we Mm -hmm. want that for our kids and yet because of our own psychological fuck-ups 
It makes it difficult for that to happen. Now, to be fair, Bowen was a white man, uh, as far as I know. And so he uh, might be a little skewed white in, men. in there. You know what happens when white men come around? I mean, their perspective yeah. is very unique and not necessarily oh, ad- like right. adjustable to the rest of the... But, I mean, then there's Monica McGoldrick, and she also did some, like stuff with his stuff but with the cultural aspects of it if i'm not mistaken i don't know i'm still studying <laughs> Listen, so i didn't need to like detour on this ted no, talk of, like okay. marriage family therapy stuff but it well, just it, yeah it, of it. it is interesting and so it does beg to, i mean that, i think that's a good it's a good way to form a question about can he as the smartest computer make the smartest computer as the second smartest computer make the smart and that's earth and listen though i can you know the reason why i can believe <laughs> i don't believe that we would be uh, obviously the smartest computer but the, the oh we aren't we're just components in, of the smartest yes, computer. I can, yes we're right. components of the experience so, yeah, i still don't understand how we would ever be like as all together put together be the smartest right i, like I don't would be like unless it's like a way to say that unified like together if we actually had like a utopian society that we somehow could actually be like smarter you know, than and that's thought. really interesting mm-hmm. yeah like if we somehow got past all of the prejudices all of everything like that we have as a human society and we came together the greatest minds that we have if we actually came together instead of like disagreeing on silly shit if we actually like work together, had a utopian society, and just like, yeah, maybe then, maybe then we could get a lot of stuff done, you know. Instead of like space race, you know, like when we were all racing, like why why didn't we all work together? Uh, maybe not send all those monkeys and dogs into space. I don't know. <laughs> like you know, yeah, it, yeah. it's just things to think about. Um, but yes, uh, uh, what was I going to say? But one reason, one thing is that we know the mice are supposed to be the smartest, right? right. Hmm. They come up with the stupidest damn questions, though. What's yellow and dangerous? 42. Like, what? He's, like, trying to come up. He's like, oh, we got to think of a question. But Wait. I like that hearkening, that hearkening back to, like, the Vogons and the uh, the, tra- the the bulldozers that were going to bulldoze over Arthur's house. Uh, yeah. Because they brought that with up. Yellow and dangerous. And that showed yeah. up there, too. Yeah. I didn't put that together. I don't think. I didn't either. That's a good, it's a good connection. What's... 42. And then finally they're like, uh, how many paths does a man walk down? 42. It's like, yes. All these roads. Yes, that'll do. Yeah. 42. You know what, though? That harkens back to our discussion on... Wait, when did we talk about the egg? We talked about the egg. Yeah, yeah. we talked about it yeah, in the last book series. It. The book bite series. I wasn't sure because we we've recorded all the book bite episodes for the <laughs> for the next three months so i wasn't sure if they would be out by the time we did this anyone give any spoilers but it's sort of like the egg though the idea that you have to walk walk down different paths or you're the different you're different people in your own universe you have to walk down that man Absolutely. in order to in order to meet enlightenment you know it really just kind of mm-hmm. comes back to each other a little bit as far as like you have to walk down 42 paths in order to understand the question of life the meaning See, and I want to, I'm still searching, soul searching, to find who I was in a past life. If it's, you know, if if that is, if that is something that has happened, and it's hard for me to believe the energy, like we talked about, created, destroyed, it's hard for me to believe that that energy of a past me isn't here somewhere, if I did exist in the past, you know, um, in some form, whoever I was, whatever I was, even if I was a damn beetle, um, 
I don't know. I'd like to know a little bit about that. Maybe you were the plan Maybe it was a beetle. <laughs> Maybe that was it. Beetlejuice. Isn't it in, um, is it Beetlejuice where there's like the sun that is incredibly large? Maybe its name is Beetlejuice or maybe it's like, it's incredibly about large. The book, this book or in real life? Oh, no. IRL. I have no idea. Hold on. I just know that it's not spelled the way I thought it was spelled. It's spelled really wild, isn't it? Yeah, like the juice is G-E-U-S-E, right? Ju- yeah, Beetlejuice. Yes, it's uh, the tenth brightest star in the night sky. Hmm. And it is the second brightest in the constellation of Orion. And oh, nice. uh, I, one thing I like to do is completely freak myself out by looking at scale drawings of everything compared oh, next yeah. to each other. Oh, yeah. Um, like, I freak out because I did it with uh, Mount Everest and then the volcano that I knew the name of on Mars. And Olympus, maybe? Uh, anyway, and... I was comparing the two of those and I'm like, I can't handle this. And then I started doing like the earth and that's how I knew Beetlejuice because they compare it to like our sun and Oh my God, it's huge. It is huge. And I'm like, I can't, I can't handle it. And then you start comparing that to even more larger things. And it's like, dude, we are literally a speck of dust. We are nothing. We're nothing. Um, Everything is dust. And that's really interesting too. In this novel, because there's that, you know, we have those themes, if you want to talk to the, about it, like, of course, there's the absurdity. Mm-hmm. There is that sense of, like, nothing makes sense. Mm-hmm. Is there meaning? You know, because the, the we're still searching for meaning in the universe, so much so that they create a supercomputer to find out the meaning Can of we life. talk about how Arthur Dent's brain is supposed to hold the answer? <laughs> right! How yeah. is he? And he's just a regular like, guy. He's just a regular dude. He's regular regular. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they're going to look at that and it's going to be like Thursdays, towels, like all these words just popping up yeah. everywhere. Bulldozer. <laughs> just do slices of his brain, take a snapshot. Maybe this neuron will yeah, tell like, us what's... the answer. Like, or the nothing question. bless his little heart. He had no clue about anything. No. Um, but I enjoyed that. I think... I, I wonder how the rest of the books are in comparison mm-hmm. um, because I really enjoyed this one as a standalone. Again, I was afraid going into it that I wasn't going to quite understand all the jargon. And I'm not saying that it's not like a slap in the face when it starts um, because at first I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to remember this. I'm going to have to remember this. But some of it is just so silly. Yeah. It's not meant for you to really, remember. you know. No. Well, I think Douglas Adams knows that he's given you – a bunch of gobbledygook, right? Okay. He knows that these are not normal words. Uh, so in his writing, he, like, makes that work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I enjoy that he, like, made things up. Like, you know, obvi- obviously. It's like, the, uh, you the, know, the, you, like you were the saying. The drinking, the different cocktails, you know what I'm talking about? That was, like. There was one that's, like, the craziest cocktail I know, or something like and that. I, and I'm so yeah. confused. I was like, what does this have to do with the price of tea in China? But it, cu- it comes up a lot, that, that kind of. Um, alcohol or whatever it is. That spirit. Yeah. yeah. It was funny. Absolutely. And the fact that he was a satirist. Mm-hmm. Uh, satirist. Satirist. He liked satire. Um, I thought that was fun because this is, I don't read a lot of satire. I enjoy it though. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Slaughterhouse-Five. You know, I think that would be a good read. I never finished it, but I've read most of mm-hmm. it. Um, but like, uh, so the, for this to be satirical, I... <laughs> Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I like Solomon. And we are all an Arthur Dent in our own way. Oh, yeah. Bless that man's heart. 
Like, yeah. And the fact that all of this happens to you in England, like of all places, little England, like, yep. you know, I can imagine that. It reminds me of, which when we get into casting, of course, um, I use that as a way to show what it did remind me of before. Yeah, same. It reminded me of like Shaun of the Dead. Okay. Like, you know, I love like Shaun of the Dead. A, a very Shaun of the Dead esque, like mixed with something like, you know, like we have to get mom, we have to get feel, we have to go to the pub, we have to do this. Like, you know, and in, in my head, that was, that would be such an Arthur, like, right then he'd be like, we got to go to the pub, we got to go, you know, and instead of his friends just like, drink all of this alcohol. And then, you know, come with me. And the fact that he said, he's like, why did you save me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, why me? I don't understand. Yeah. What was his name? Did he ever answer him? Did he ever tell him why him? I don't. Or was he especially because like, he's such an ordinary dude. Like, if you were going to save somebody from Earth, maybe he was just like a friend. I like they were friends, but like maybe he was like, genuinely, I really enjoy you as a person. Right. Like, yeah. hey, Arthur, you're a good man. Also, poor little Ford prefect being stuck on the planet for 15 years. Like, I've been here with there. these Neanderthals. I can't believe it. Right? The longest I've well, ever been on a planet. Had to update the Hitchhiker's Guide. Book. I love that the, the book homeless. On, <laughs> on the front is like, don't panic. Yeah. And yeah. All that. Just don't <laughs> panic. Arthur is like, I'm going to panic. Yeah, he kept on him. Don't panic (laughs) also that book apparently when they were like well it's in this little thing because if it were an actual book it would take up the space of several tall buildings in new york or something like that that's a big ass book yeah oh gosh yeah you just imagine and imagine the 15 years that he's lost out on not you know expanding what he could expand but yeah and (laughs) Seriously, us being mostly harmless and then changed to harmless. Yeah. <laughs> They're just harmless. <laughs> They're not gonna nothing. Um, like, no, they're fine. But, it's so funny to yeah. me. Oh gosh. Shit. It was funny in a way too because you know we see AI as like uh, something that we're still kind of to be feared. Like if you watch iRobot mm-hmm. or something like like it takes over. Like we're kind of afraid of it. But in the universe, like if we were somehow part of that supercomputer like all of us together however we do it or however it was supposed to be they're all just like no they're just harmless they're just they're not gonna do anything they can't stop shit (laughs) they're just there they think these dinosaur bones we planted i don't know why i can't get over that (laughs) i really can't so actually you know what that that whole thing with the dinosaur bones is kind of like do you remember in good omens where it talks about the that the earth really isn't isn't that old and god just put the dinosaur bones there just to just to fuck with humans <laughs> it, i don't know if that's yeah. in the book good omens but i remember it i remember it in, in, the, the show. in the show yeah oh gosh yes that was that's a good so like, that's she a thought good it was a laugh or british humor uh, i think i really enjoy this british humor oh yeah british humor 10 out of 10 yeah would, would recommend a... for sure uh, there's something nuanced about it that's that's just it's a certain flavor. It is. It is. It's my flavor. Yeah. I drink it. the shit out of that Kool-Aid. You know. <laughs> in, a, in a way that's not going to get me murdered. Mm. Oh, I'll also, I would like to, um, I found this quote that I was looking for. Okay. And it was by Arthur, of course. And he said, I don't want to die now, he yelled. I've still got a headache. I don't want to go to heaven with a headache. <laughs> <laughs> we all cross and wouldn't enjoy it. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's like you focus on these little things when it's just too crazy to focus on the big things. You know? Right, going to heaven with a headache, no more McDonald's, mm-hmm. watch this tea, no, you can't have my brain. I think that people do that, though, like, in tra- and, and not to bring it down, but in trauma, I feel like you're oh, yeah. like, I focused on this little thing because it's, I mean, because it's easier to focus on this small thing, like, I, oh, absolutely. I'm never going to see this again, as opposed to, like, this hurts so bad, like, the idea oh. of this loss or... He can't see without his glasses. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my Jesus. Listen, me and Adam were just talking about that recently. Yeah. God. Anyway, uh, yeah, I was watching Hoarders last night, and that came oh, into play. Uh, not the Not the My Girl issue, but the, uh, like, they're obviously hoarding, lead, like, is, is developed, like, mental disorders mm-hmm. can help bring this about. Um, but one thing I noticed a lot of was, like, there was this one woman who, her story was wild, but... Uh, she instead of focusing on the big picture of course like one thing obviously with all of this uh all the horde that's going on she would go around and pick up the tiniest little pieces of stuff like little pieces of sequence and glitter and like you know things that literally was trash like you just need to sweep it up throw it away but she was focused on that and that's what it makes me think of like you just focus on something so um like if the picture is too big it's just you inconsequential you hyper focus Sure. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, he's focused on all this. And there was even a point where when Trillian, she said, like, she found out that the earth was gone. And she's like, I, she couldn't think of anything to mourn, really, at that moment. You know, it almost seems so She brought her mice her. with her. Yeah. What else do you and need? so she couldn't. Uh, yeah. You, you know. Which, you guys wait and see who I, who I um, cast for the mice. You just wait and see. Okay. So speaking okay. of any uh, any other final thoughts before we move on to casting? Oh, do we do we rate it now? Yeah, and we can rate it now. Okay, okay. Using um, the yeah. rating system that Heather developed in the second season of our book bites, <laughs> where what zero is or one or zero is like eh, it's fine. I and then ten is I can't live without it. I'm gonna make obsessed with it and get my whole life around it. Correct? Is that yes. The, okay. Oh Jesus. That's it. Devote my life to it. Devote your life to it. Since I picked it, uh, and it came up on a lot of lists to read, I do like it. I'll go with 8.7. Okay. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So mine was 8.5. Oh, nice. Because, yeah, I think the humor is 10 out of 10, but I do think it may not be humor for everyone. Um, I'm not ready to devote my life to Mm -hmm. it, but I want to read it again. I actually went and bought it, like a physical copy, because I enjoyed it that much. Yeah. And like I said, I've got really sweet memories uh, Mm -hmm. with our current DM, who I really, really enjoy, Mr. Crumb, who I really, really enjoy. So that's just kind of a... Yeah, so 8.5 for me. There you go. Beautiful. I, you know, the humor was great. I definitely loved it a lot as far as that goes. Um, I don't, I'd probably put it at like a 7 or an 8. You know, like definitely on the higher end of the scale. But just because. Yeah, I was definitely, didn't mean to interrupt. I was definitely worried when I picked it because I thought I was reading obviously reviews and you can't, I'm one of those people that even if like Rotten Tomatoes says it's a 20% movie, like I'm going to watch it and I'll probably like it a lot. Well, because they're not Um, good at that. Rotten Tomatoes. Or like, from my understanding, it's like if the fans loved it, then Rotten Tomatoes says it's lower than it is. 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They did that with Uncharted, like, and I'm not gonna lie, that movie was that movie slapped. That was a good movie. I liked it. Oh, I've not seen it. It's good. I, I didn't realize it was out. I remember it's when out. I saw a commercial for it. Yeah, it's out. I was oh. a little worried that Tom Holland. The video games are. Yes, the, mm-hmm. the video games are amazing. I don't play video games. I just watch them. So I've watched my husband play. and, and it's That's really a good one to watch. Mm-hmm. That's like one of it the good things fun. about it. It's, but, it's really good. But I was a little worried Tom Holland was going to be. I'm like, you're not Nathan Drake. What are you doing? But he did a good job. I'm like, yeah, I love boy. He did a good job. Yeah. Anyway. Nice. Sorry. No, I'm. I was. What I watched was uh, Holmes, Watson and Holmes, or Holmes and Watson, uh-huh. and it's like uh, it had uh, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley uh-huh. in it, and it's so stupid. I literally think it got like a ten percent on Rotten uh-huh. Tomatoes, and I freaking loved it. And I was like, you know, this is why I'm just gonna watch whatever I can, mm-hmm. you know. Um. Anyway, but I was I was afraid because obviously mixed reviews. Uh. Well, a lot. A lot of people enjoyed it. A lot of people highly recommended it. You've got to yeah, read the whole it. Definitely day devoted to books. it. Yes, you have to do it. Um, but then there were certain people who were like, well, you know, it's a, for a specific type of humor. And I'm like, well, I love humor. But yeah. I don't, you know, I don't know how, like, it's, you know, I, I didn't want to pick something that you guys were like, this is incredibly stupid. No, it definitely so tickled I'm my funny bone. Thank you. Okay, no, good. I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was great. Yeah. Good. Wonderful. All righty. So. Final thoughts, casting, right? Yep, let's casting. cast it, baby. Let's do it. Okay. Who wants to go first? I downloaded another okay. template for you guys. <laughs> Aw, let me go click it. Casting. There's a theme. You'll notice it right off the bat. I'm not sad about it. Oh, I already noticed it. <laughs> I enjoy it. Okay. So... <laughs> I don't remember who I casted. I mean, like, I, I remember who I casted. I just don't remember what order it is. So who wants to go first? Heather, why don't you go first? Sweet. I'll go first. Um, So just a small bit of background so that you guys can uh, Appreciate understand it. where I was coming from. Yeah. I feel like you had this main character what the fuck? standing <laughs> in the mud, just wanting to keep his home. And there are these people invading his home. And so I cast Arthur Dent as Shrek. Okay. <laughs> yep. Okay. I'm here for it. Good job. Yes. Fuck you both. Thank Fuck you both. I took it seriously, guys. I took it so seriously. <laughs> hey, wait. We took our shit seriously, too. We did. Oh, yeah. Mine's 10 out of 10. Oh, yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Go ahead. Go okay. ahead. <laughs> I said Philip J. Fry. From Futurama. He says yep. what a lot. Um, he, I see where El Presidente of the Galaxy gets salty about the automated brain for... Uh, oh, no, no, no. I said says what a lot. See where El Presidente of the Galaxy gets salty about automated mated brain for Arthur. When he's like, he says what a lot. That, that thing. What? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. What a lot. That's funny. I like who's that. Your, who's your Arthur Dent? Um, I chose uh, Martin Freeman. Oh, he's a good. That's the. I think the reason I went so funny or like so absurd is because the the cast that they casted was just too good. You know what I'm saying? The cast they did. So was I was really, like, I'm not even gonna really try and top good. that. I'm just gonna go completely absurd. We'll keep in theme with the with the book. 
Um, hence my reasoning <laughs> it, for what I picked. <laughs> yes. No, it was, it, he is the one I can think of. Like, I just mm-hmm. imagine him, like, laying in front of his house, like, bulldozer coming. And he's just like, what? And he's like, I never could get the hang of Thursdays. Like, I could just imagine yeah. it coming from him. And my theme is essentially, obviously, your themes are different. But mine was, I cast it all British. All nice. just English actors and actresses. Like, I just wanted to keep it very, yeah. um, very, I guess, thorough. Nice. Love it. <laughs> yes, okay. keeping it true. All right, who's next, yeah. Heather? Um, so I will move to Ford Prefect. Um, and who is a better sidekick for Shrek than Donkey? Fair enough. <laughs> ah, perfect. Um, yeah, I'll also say, you know, Donkey says a bunch of stupid shit, and Shrek's like, God, I kind of hate you, but we're also homies. So <laughs> I thought it was also fitting. Perfect. Perfect. I love that. <laughs> so um, I picked Hermes uh, only because oh, I picked okay. I, only because Fry's actual best friend I chose for the obvious role somewhere else. So mm-hmm. Hermes was the HR person. He would totally write a book and research for it. Mm-hmm. That was my thought. And he definitely would. Point. Hey, Hermes. Um, I chose for Ford. Uh, Simon Pegg, who that's a is solid, in that's a solid Shaun pick. of the Dead, yeah. right? Yep, and I good. thought he would be good. He'd be taking old Martin. They'd be going to the pub. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gotta get feeling, Mom. <laughs> Let's go Where's to the my pub. Towel? Like, uh, right? That's all it's gotcha. all that's left. So. <laughs> oh, I'm tickled. All right, Heather. Um, mm-hmm. Let's go... Um, with Zaphod next. This one was just kind of a trying to fill in the trio, um, picking someone who has a secret. Uh, and we went with Fiona. I like it. So the whole reason I chose to do Futurama for Fiona as Zaphod. Yes. Okay. This is the Zaphoid Beeble Rocks, right? Okay. So the whole reason I even decided to do Futurama is because I was like, Zaphoid is Zap Brannigan. And anybody oh who God, thinks so sure. can fight me because he is. 100%. I tried to look for, there was a specific face I had in mind and I couldn't find it. That is the perfect, just because of the way like Stephen Fry talks and the way he makes the character himself sound yeah. in the audiobook. Like that, that's perfect. That, and he sounds like, like he knows yeah. what he's doing a lot of the time, but he doesn't. And he takes all the credit for stuff that he doesn't need oh, to be taking yeah. the credit for. And they have the True. same initials, which is really interesting. I know. Oh, God, right? <laughs> oh, I bet he's based off that. Maybe. Oh, my God. Maybe. You know what? That is such an interesting thing mm-hmm. to think about. Yeah, they're, uh, they're a little too close. Like Now I'm wondering. <laughs> somebody's going to have to do some research here. It's not me. And it's going to have to be <laughs> <laughs> Sarah Ballin told me. I got it. I got the. I got the message. Oh God! I chose Paul Bettany. Oh, that's um, a good one. I like Paul. I thought he would. I like him because, like, all of the pictures I found of him, he had like glasses on, and a little scarf, and I yeah. thought he just looked so extravagant. I'm like, oh, he could nice. do that. He's precious. He could. He could be a little. Yeah, I, I can imagine him with like two heads and a third arm, mm-hmm. and him being like. Mm-hmm. I do like him though. He's he he usually plays serious roles, but he does such a good. He did a great job, I think, in WandaVision. I know I'll pull that one, but I really like him in. um, I know he does wonderful. He's in a lot of shit. He is in Legion. Recently found that out. Like I mean, 
He's yeah, the, not he's the, the cone. albino monk. I think. Oh, the guy that like does the <laughs> self harming. Yeah, self harming. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I've never watched it, but I've you watched should. the parody of the person who did the. So okay, it's on it's my a list. Pretty decent one. I liked it. And he's in Wimbledon, where he's like a tennis star of sorts. Wimbledon, Christian yes, Durst, I think. Midnight like Beckham. What's her name? That's not, Durst. not it. Durst Kicking the, and screaming. The nice. killer, Dunst. I thought we were all just naming soccer movies. I'm sorry. Sounds good. Ted Lasso. <laughs> Jesus Christ! What's next? Who's next? Heather. <laughs> um. So, who should I do next? Let's go with Marvin. Um, I wanted to go with something that was kind of alive and kind of not, and has not as bad of an outlook on life as Marvin, uh, but I think could do a good job, and that's Pinocchio. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who, who did you use? Wait, Pinocchio. Say that Pinocchio. Sure thing. Oh, he is. Okay. 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 I see it. So, Deal my it. Marvin is Bender because he's a robot. <laughs> Literally a pretty spot on. The reason he is not for prefect because he's Fry's best friend is because he was Marvin. So yep, Marvin, and he had some self-destructive, self-sabotage tendencies (laughs) as well. I love it. I used um, Stephen Fry. He's just going to be the voice. That's that makes sense. (laughs) Listen, here is why it has Futurama has to be based, right? On this, because you have Fry, you have Stephen Fry, you have, but Fry would also be Arthur, but then you got ZB for, and you got Sif for, Jesus Christ, guys, <laughs> there's a robot, Jesus, this is it. <laughs> this is it. I believe it. Let's, it's conspiracy theory for it. time. Let's do it. I'm sure we could look up some shit. Reddit says I'm right, but you know, <laughs> you know how that goes. I love Reddit. Okay. Same. Who's next, Heather? And so next we will do. Oh, oh, hold on. I clicked over to Sarah's to look at it. So yes, little Stephen Fry. I thought he did a great job with the voices. So he I did actually. Him. I he really did. He, he did a bang up job for real. It was amazing. He did. So as soon as I heard his mod and impression, I was like, oh, you're yeah. little. You're gonna be my friend. <laughs> I choose you. You're my Pikachu. Pikachu. Um, so for Trillion, I Jeez. wanted a, a likable character that you kind of want more of. And so I did the gingerbread man. I love that. I do enjoy the gingerbread man. Probably more than I enjoy the had put Fiona there. So I apologize for that. <laughs> yeah. It's the best part. Like, I'll never it. tell you. It's a frog. <laughs> <laughs> She's married to the Muffin Man. The Muffin Man? The Muffin Man! The Muffin Man! <laughs> Who lived on Drury Lane? Oh, well, that's the line before. But yeah. still. <laughs> oh, so good. so funny. Oh, I gotta watch that movie <laughs> now. Oh, I, they're my comfort movies. I watch all four of them a lot. They're good. I'm about to watch some Futurata! Uh, I mean, <laughs> Jesus. Matthew's like, have you seen it all the way through? And I was like, no. So we started watching it. And then I started listening to this. And I was like, oh, well, there we go. Can tell what we're obsessed yeah. with when, uh, depending on our casting. Yep. All right. <laughs> Every time. What is it? Uh, Trillion? Well, I mean, obviously I did Taranga Leela. Yep. Aren't they bringing Futurama back? They were, the they were going to. I think that's a dumb decision. I think they decided they've, not to. They've stopped it and brought it back Because so they, times they, they the finished it up on. recently, not too long ago, maybe a couple years ago, but they had come back and finished it and tied up all the loose ends. And I was like, but why would you come back? Come back again. Like, yeah. what's the point? If it's tied up, let it let, let it be. Let it lie. Let it lie. 
Okay. Uh, wonderful. And what were Who's we talking your trillion? about? Who's my trillion is Amelia Clark. Oh, I Dang. love her. Isn't As she wonderful? Yeah, Isn't she's she? I was going to uh, put Jack Black in a wig, <laughs> but I couldn't find a good enough uh, picture of Jack Black in a wig. Uh, because I wanted to keep it. I was like, it'd be really cool if it was like an all-male cast of just like these really like funny like characters but then i'm like one i want to keep it english two you know woman like three i feel like amelia clark can be really funny. she is and, i love her and yeah. before you oh she's fabulous oh my god she's great she's so quirky i'm like man that is the style that i want to have so oh, yeah her bumblebee tights we can't talk about it i know can't talk about it <laughs> moving on oh. what's the next um so let's go with uh, slarty bar slarty bar fast i can't say it slarty 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 uh, someone who's kind of like all knowing, not all knowing, but gives you all the information, the good plot that you need. So he is the mirror on the wall. I love it. Yeah, I like it. That I like fair. it. I Wasn't like it. it his like his truck? His vehicle is what got them out of that shitty situation, isn't it? Um, he left it with a. With, it was like yeah. I thought you might need this. He left like a note on on it for them. Yeah, yes. yeah. Okay, my slarty is uh, the Professor Farnsworth. Oh, which is a perfect he choice. Stuff. I like that your reasoning is just that he builds stuff. <laughs> 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 it says build stuff. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, he builds stuff. <laughs> so does Slarty. Slarty so Birdie. Slarty. Uh, so my Slarty is Jeremy Irons, oh, who, nice. if you don't know, he is the voice of Scar yeah. yep. in The Lion King, and uh, he plays in, if you guys watched him in The Watchmen, Watchmen, he is amazing, so he, no, the show, there's Watchmen, the show, and he is like this, um, uh, uh, the hero or whatever, like, you know, they have, I can't tell really if he's a hero or not, but he's on this planet, he's stuck on this planet, and he has these servants that he can just like he keeps cloning these servants and he um he does such a good job in it like he is so perfect mm -hmm. uh that i immediately once i heard slarty like his name came to mind um but it would have been better if you guys had watched watchmen but that's fine whatever you don't have <laughs> sorry, to watch friend, it. sorry sorry but he is great he's in a lot of I fucking movies yeah he is he is hot damn he son. is wonderful so I like him a lot. And listen, can I just say that all of these um, British actors and actresses, when I look at pictures, they all have that one look where they've got like the scarf on. They've got it's their suits, freezing the over there. Proper. Of course, they're wearing scarves, right? And then they've got some of them have their little glasses on, and they look prim and proper. And us Americans are sitting here with like sixty nine tattooed on our forehead. <laughs> and 420 blaze it speak um, for yourself i have nothing tattooed on my forehead <laughs> oh you don't see the 69 tattooed oh, on yeah. my forehead what are you talking about i do love your email 420 blaze it <laughs> underscore hot chick thank you slash thank under you. iron bun i worked really hard on that i gotta let everyone know that i'm a stoner okay <laughs> And then I like sex. Okay. I've definitely had the sex. Okay. And you have to let sex. everyone know all of these things. That's it. Okay. I have supplied reciprocal fellatio. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> it was definitely consensual. <laughs> Didn't do it to myself. Oh, God. Oh, God. 
Oh, moving God. on. Anyway, next? so next. Oh, I'll go ahead. We'll do the mice at the same time. I saw Sarah, so I know that it'll work for her. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was so funny. Uh, so going with the two evil characters that are like almost likable, not even likable, but you like them as evil characters. Yeah. Um, Prince Charming and Lord Farquaad. I'm here for that. Okay. Okay. I can do this. Um, so mine were Nibbler. Lord Farquaad. Uh, the episode where we find out that he's an ambassador. And he's brilliant. And he can, yeah. (laughs) Incredible. I just thought that was pretty apropos. That is nice. beautiful. Yes, I've not seen that episode, but that's banging. Good. Oh my god, he girl. just he Watch talks. Really he has one. lots of things to say. He does. Nice. I love the little noises he's making. He makes. And he's like, oh, and then he starts talking. And you're like, what the and then fuck? He, yeah, what are you doing, talks. Nibbler? I chose Pinky and the Brain. Okay. Same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world. <laughs> The, I, just, I love them. I, love I feel like animaniacs. it would be perfect. You've got the brain. Just um, I know. It was so good. <laughs> so Pinky and the Brain, obviously one of my faves. Had to bring them. And once I knew there were two two mice. Yeah. And they don't even do things right. Like they mess up and they even like they, they crash their own little ships, don't they? <laughs> like they even crash themselves. Like Pinky and the Brain for yeah. sure. For That's sure. Ten out of ten. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Oh god! So is that everybody? I think the rest yep. would be like that's, if you yeah. Just, that's the yeah. the basic. That's that gets all the important things. Yeah, I think that that's all my yeah. That's all our people. Sounds good to me. All right, banging. Oh, that was a good casting, guys. I loved it. I, I think we all so. three did really yeah. well. I liked all I three casts. So. I think so for like different reasons. Oh I yeah, think we did wonderful. I mean, like I have different. To watch I like the movie how now. different all three were. Yeah, I yes. want to watch the movie too. Mm-hmm. Yes. I really want to watch it. I like comparing and contrast. We could do a Rebecca oh. situation again. Ooh, we yeah. Do we even know if our... Can't. Do we... Fuck. Do we... Do we even know if the readers liked that? Did that episode come out yet? <laughs> no. Okay, we could do it for us. Google. <laughs> we'll do it for us. Yeah. We'll do it for us. <laughs> well, we should we we should figure that out. We can discuss that after we get off here. Um last final yeah. thoughts. Oh, I enjoyed it. Think you definitely should watch it. Uh I mean watch it. Read it. Read it. <laughs> watch Futurama. That's a good show. I'm serious, like, I'm going to do, like, a like a world-class thesis on this show being compared to <laughs> The Hitchhiker's Guide, and it's just going to be wonderful. Uh, so, uh, yeah, 10 out of 10, well, you know what I'm saying. Carrie rated it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Right, yeah. Together. <laughs> so, anyway. Literally a 10 out of 10, but I'm going to say 10 out of 10. And a like point a 7 out of 10, please read and uh, listen along with us. Oh gosh, yeah, I loved it. I second that. It was definitely a good one. I wasn't expecting to like it. I thought it was going to be boring, and I thought it was a lot bigger than it was, but or longer. It's super quick. But it was super quick. I yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I sincerely thought about reading the next four because there's I don't fucking math. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I know the next one's like the restaurant at the end of the universe, right? So yes. 
And if yeah. I weren't studying for my licensure exam, I'd probably jump right on it. But yeah, and I feel like if you're a reader, you don't have time to read it. Absolutely, do Audible. I mean, listen to Stephen Fry. Yep. I think he did a wonderful he did. job. He did an he excellent job. job with all the voices. Yeah, he it was, was super. He good. was perfect, and I think he nailed the humor in in a great yeah, way. Yeah, his like, delivery was on fire for sure. Absolutely, kind of like the earth at the like, beginning of the book. Anyway. <laughs> it is no longer there we are here from second earth mock earth 2 earth mock 2 oh my gosh we have the second part of the science experiment and we still fell yeah. for the dinosaur thing damn it we still damn it oh, and what was it that one part where he's like are those stegosaurus bones uh, and they look like stegosaurus bones and then the guy's like so here are the stegosaurus bones <laughs> <laughs> love it I, can I just say real quick, we didn't record our, ourselves like our video, but like for the listeners, uh, Sarah's shirt, she's wearing a shirt that has the three aliens from Toy Story. I just thought I'd share that with you guys. Oh, it made me I, didn't even I did it specifically for I, this. I, I, I noticed, be... girl. I noticed. Nice. Thank you. Nice. Thank you. And appreciated. I'll try it. All right, Heather, your final thoughts before we sign this off. And by we, I mean you. Uh, it was the banger. I do recommend it. It was good. All right. She says, bang her. Hey, oh. <laughs> That sounds like a job for Jacqueline. Hey, <laughs> oh. Okay. Funny. All right. <laughs> Sign us off. <laughs> Let's go somewhere. We're just going to keep being really awkward here at the end. <laughs> All right, fellow readers, it's time to say goodbye. Remember to check our Instagram and Twitter for upcoming reads and the casting list. A big thanks to all of our wonderful listeners, our co-host Heather for writing our theme song, and our respective life partners for their unwavering support. We hope you enjoy this episode and that you'll join us next time when we turn the page. <laughs>